0: Your Newspaper! As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes.
1: today's episode of androids dungeon mega civ Postmortem. what happened who survived and what's left of them in order to answer these questions special guest in the studio in a special long distance chat with jjb stay tuned CFRU, 93.3 FM, Guelph, Ontario, University of Guelph. Stay tuned for a quick chat with Joel and Kayla about Mega Civ. But first...
0: Okay, Seth, uh, tell me what you thought about your first game of Mega Civ. Well, it was very long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. It was, Did it, it was... feel that long? It actually really didn't. Okay.
1: Uh, it flew by. Um, okay. I was surprised at how fast the time went, um, despite the number of hours. It was, like, yeah. 12 hours, but...
0: Can you believe not... it's after 10? No, it, it's... One you of... got here at 10. Yeah, it did not I know. feel like that of time We didn't start till 11, I'll say that. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so it was, like, an 11-hour game. Yeah. 11-hour um, game. Oh, sh- but,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> but
0: it, it went by really fast, and I came in dead last. I did not
2: do very well. Nothing wrong with that. But, no, but you know what? I still had a lot of fun. Good. Um, I would not, like, discourage anything feel at a certain point i knew i was not going to win but yeah. i still was trying to like build my civilization yeah. as best as i could I, should have nice. I thought that was really cool that i uh, a lot of games like this it's, it's like all right i'm going through the motions i'm kind of like why am i didn't feel that way oh, with this God. even though i was not going to win so yeah very cool good experience i'm ready to play again
0: excellent Okay, Stefan, you came in second, really, really close, Really close. super tight at the end. Tell us how your game of Mega Civ, because this uh, is your first Mega Civ, you've played yes. Civ before, so tell yes. us about how that was.
1: Uh, pretty good. It's an improvement on the original game. There's a lot of adjustments that make the game more balanced.
2: Uh, I definitely enjoyed it. I would do a few things differently. I okay. uh,
1: definitely would... Uh, uh, I don't know, probably get my discount game going earlier, but uh, yeah, overall, great game.
0: Excellent, thanks. Okay, Patrick, we just played Megasiv for like 12 hours, tell me what you were feeling.
2: Oh my gosh, so many feelings. Okay, so first of all, not enough people were aggressive, I just started like, right away, I was like, I have extra units, why can I send them? Over there, fight! And no one else
1: fought, everyone just huddled in their little area, and they was just like, oh,
2: maybe I could take this over there, I'm like, what the heck?
1: So that was lame. So Those secret alliances going on. I don't think they—they
0: were not secret. They were not secret. Uh, were not secret. secret
1: alliances. Uh, what else?
2: That's it. Okay. Would you play again? Oh, I'm ready to play right now.
0: <laughs> okay, Jack of Androids Dungeon Fame. Uh, you just finished Mega Sieve, 12 hours. Tell us what you thought.
1: I am very happy that everyone came together. And participated in this extravaganza. As far as I can tell, no one is uh, at least admitting to my face that they did not have a good time, and that's a win in my book.
0: Would you play again? Do you want to play right now?
1: No. Okay, next weekend.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay, Joel, also of Androids Tension fame, you just won Mega Civ.
2: Ooh, sure did. Really exciting. He gets,
0: he gets Super, I want <laughs> did not cheat. Super close game, though. It
3: was a close game. Uh, what'd you think? Went great, yeah. I mean, all I had to do was cheat the whole time.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> You're giving uh, a,
0: yourself a bad rap I, to the I r- felt listeners. Like I
3: had a really bad start. And I, I'm pretty sure I did. I think yeah. objectively, yes.
0: You started but off in a bad spot with Manoa.
3: But then I kind of just quietly allowed all the hate to focus on the leader. <laughs> Yeah, fun. Yeah. Would you play again? Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's always this like cyclical thing where you get very fatigued from the game. Yeah. And
2: then
0: Need to rest you for a week or so?
3: For like a month and then maybe three times. Like, I'm so glad that we have it now.
0: Very play it any time. Not really any time, but yeah. theoretically.
1: Welcome, CFRU Androids Dungeon. We have a very special episode of Android's Dungeon here because not only do we have an extra person in the studio, but we're down a normal person in the studio who you can hear partially in the background who is off on very important uh, semi-government business fixing things that are very, very important. Uh, Joel, say hello. Hello. Joel, the reason JJB. we have... <laughs> JJB, that's right. JJB on the air through the phone possibly in a windy area or falling down. Where <laughs>
3: wind tunnel. Oh, shit.
1: <laughs> where, Joel, just before we go any further, where are you exactly?
3: I'm standing outside the... I mean, everybody knows this place. The Barrel in Simcoe. <laughs> Authentic pizza and pasta. <laughs> <laughs> One side says, experience a taste of Italy.
1: Uh-huh. And I, are there think, jokes about getting to the bottom of the barrel yet, or is that just...
3: <laughs> apparently, uh, I looked at the... Uh, the certificate It looks like the owner Is Greek So um, <laughs> You know It's you, a fusion restaurant That authentic
1: sure. Greek Italian cuisine Yeah uh, In la- the
0: middle of nowhere In the middle
1: la-
3: Some calamari As an appetizer You know
0: Sounds dodgy.
3: Italian
1: food. Italian food is often very uh, very sort of seafood-based, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Too bad I don't like much seafood. I'll eat calamari. Nice fried. Oh. It's fried, so it's whatever mm. it's tasting.
0: It's, so it's basically nothing. Quality.
1: Yeah, and it's a little rubbery, but I think that means it's well, overcooked, no,
0: right? I've heard a lot of
3: rumors that calamari is actually like uh pig intestine that's <laughs> just dried out. <laughs> you know, they don't actually get squid.
1: I heard that too. There was an, this American Life uh, episode where they're they're trying to research that because I think the technical term is bung, which I, I believe it's without getting too gross here. It's from the very very bottom of the pig <laughs> or certain <laughs> animals. here. Close to the
3: exit. Close to
1: the exit, but I don't, I don't think they proved it. I think there was uh, bung. You you could get bung <laughs> if you if you wanted it, but anyway,
3: request it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want, I don't like seafood. Give me that pig butt. <laughs> oh, pig,
1: <laughs> mm, pig butt's actually delicious. <laughs>
3: uh, I mean, it's nice and rounded, and you know <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: it just got really weird on the. Yeah, I thought here.
0: this was a board game show.
1: Well, g- speaking of uh, butts that are beaten, being beaten, uh, we got to play oh this is very special we got in a game of mega civilization on the weekend with uh, we hit 7 players which was I think a good amount for our first game we had 4 veterans uh, 3 newbies and uh, Joel uh, spoiler alert Joel walked away with it in the end Joel was the winner um, I didn't think he was going to do it I'll be honest folks In the first couple rounds I thought uh, It was going to be Stefan, the fellow next to me Who had it because he was cashing in trades That were worth hundreds of points In like round 2 or 3 It was ridiculous, I thought, this is this is a joke um, But in the end it was Joel The one who had a million trades Sitting at, what were you sitting at Joel? Nine cities for like 3 rounds?
3: It was uh, 4 rounds
1: How did you do that? Can you explain to me how you managed to hold on to 9 cities for 4 rounds?
3: So my neighbors were very generous about the farmland that I was given. I mean, you were one of them giving me that island. It was needed. I mean, I I always have my chart out, right? I think just having the experience of multiple games under your belt and knowing what kind of a buffer you need in order to survive those epidemics and those plagues. Mm-hmm. Uh and the, the what was the The hunger ones? Uh
1: the,
3: famine? Famine, yeah. Um makes a big difference and I think like uh, Stefan had he kind of maintained himself um, and maybe made different purchases on the high end
2: mm-hmm. you
3: know when he has $390 to spend mm-hmm. there's certain things you need and, and I think he, he didn't have agriculture at the end he didn't have metal working. it was a strange situation so for me I think I just had my bases covered as far as defenses and extra uh, territories where I had enough farmland that I could take hits. Mm-hmm. And like you said, and like everybody said, um, no one was looking at me, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Because I was so far behind. Like you said, um, everyone was looking at Steph, and they were hitting him hard. Uh, every I felt kind of bad because would we knock him down to like two cities for a while there? I
1: I don't think I ever handed Stefan any sort of extra or secondary attacks Um, in fact I think I think the I don't think I ever had a chance to hand out secondary attacks. For the most part, like most of my stuff was extremely direct as far as calamities went, and um, anything that maybe late game secondary was just entirely mitigated, so it never really w- was an issue with me. But I, I I definitely looked. It was like I blinked, and all of a sudden Stefan was down to two cities, and I thought, how did that happen? I wasn't even paying attention to it. But
3: I mean, it could have been he he just picked up a lot of calamities. He traded for a lot of calamities. Mm-hmm. I know that I traded a lot away. Like I, I, I felt bad when I would give one and not get one.
1: You felt you bad.
0: Know? Don't feel bad. You just did well. <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, I did it to Kayla, and she got mad for like two or three rounds. I don't know what you're saying now. Also, oh, it's fine about that piracy. <laughs> what? <laughs> you were all that happy at the time. Um, But I definitely had a. You're misrepresenting
0: your me to your one listener, Joel. I didn't pout at all. <laughs>
3: oh okay Um, Jack Jack, you definitely um, you snuck me a couple and I was fine with that I was actually happy to see you um, you know, me saying no whammies and you just kind of staying silent. I was like, all right, I don't even Jack's think missed down. <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't. I don't even know if I think I may have done that once to you with a no whammies. You never but gave
3: me no Jack Brunch guarantee. I never. I, I knew it was a sour deal from the start. I needed what I needed, and, and you had it. So. Well, to
1: be fair, it's like, there were a couple of times I think I, I even traded cleanly and I didn't even offer the guarantee. That's what makes the guarantee so special. It's that <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not a sure thing uh, to to even be offered it, but. There were uh, a couple
3: times where you and Seth kind of screwed yourselves over to, to maintain your relationship, which I thought was really adorable.
1: It was, you know what, if I could go back and do it again, I would because, and this is no, no insult to Seth at all, but I have a feeling he's the type of guy that would carry a grudge and he <laughs> and he also he, he because of the way it was handled is that there were times for secondary attacks that he didn't do on me as well after, and I thought it paid out It may have been some short-term pain, but some long-term gains there. Um, (laughs) But I think, uh, Kayla, what was your experience overall? Because we were Joel's center in the map. I'm over on the far side here, on the the east, and you're kind of in the northwest as, uh, what was your race again? Hellas. Hellas. So you had Rome. Underneath you, you had um, Manoa over there, and you also had, uh, you were kind of button heads with Stefan a little bit. Babylon, I think it was. Haiti. H- uh, Hattie, yeah, Hattie, yeah. We so,
0: weren't actually a butting heads dog because we had a really good relationship. So yeah. that's a bad you know, representation the, of that. Those
3: ancient Haitians. <laughs>
1: yeah, the ancient Haitians. So, but what was your overall, expre- uh, what did you think of A, your location, and B, the experience?
0: Uh, So the location was fine. It was at the top of the map and a lot of the other areas were out of place. It was definitely hard to go in any direction without um, butting heads with someone or ruining an alliance. So it was okay. Like, you, honestly, you don't really need that much space to expand as long as you make good uh, decisions with your neighbors, it doesn't really matter. My overall experience with Mega Civilization was pretty good. I was surprised at how fast the game went. I was definitely very wary about going into a game that can last days. <laughs> uh, but it it worked out pretty well. I think it definitely didn't hurt that it was in the comfort of our own home. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, I thought the game was really interesting. Like, I... Th- It was very simple very straightforward the trading is interesting you kind of just get used to calamities but i honestly think it's flawed in what sense so i think that the purchasing technology is flawed because there's no you're okay so essentially to win the game you have to advance through the ages and get to the end great um but there's no actual advancing you could just you're not you're not forced to buy anything in a specific order. You don't have to buy po- pottery before you buy... Oh, uh, I comes see. After pottery. Yeah. Like,
3: if you had enough money, you could buy, like, science before you even knew how to do the wheel or something. <laughs> exactly. Play. It's not thematically... Uh, yeah, I understand. It's, and not I, lin- it's not linear in any way except for based off the cost.
0: Right, and I just think that in some cases, either you got good trades or you drew good cards, generally, and you got to buy things, which is fine. But yeah. it, there's no there's there's a lack of balance there because you're not no you're not all on the same playing field which is fine it's a game but the fact that you're moving through the ages to win and you can't win yeah. without basically buying stuff from the first age second age and third age or not not I don't there's not three ages I just made that up yeah whatever I know what you're anyway, saying anyway so you can't there's like three sections on the
3: yeah. And she that tells you about cards. The third section, those all give you six points, which is huge.
0: Which is huge. And like, yes, you do need twelve cards or something to go through one phase. Um, it seems odd that you don't have to progress logically through the technology. You should. Yeah,
3: but on, on the flip side, when I think about the technology, none of it is really advanced. There's no rocket. There's no rocketing. There's no medicine. Well, there is medicine. That <laughs> <actually> example. Medicine. <laughs> Modern, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, heart surgery. the most advanced thing is the wonder of the world, which is still, like, what, 2000 BC or something?
1: I think the—and I, I, I share your uh, your criticism, Caleb. The original advance actually does have prerequisites. So if you right, yeah, yeah. if you Very had the the cash, you couldn't just upgrade to theology, let's say. I think you were, you were required to go— in a semi, like it it, it, it wasn't as locked in. Like you didn't have to yeah. do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. At least made you do. You had to have mysticism, let's say, and then you had to have the middle one, and then you had to have the, and then you could go to monotheism or theology or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you were sort of funneled in a little way. But the I was reading about that today because I was curious and if the reason why, and I think the best explanation I read was that they wanted to make it more open because if you've got the cash. I don't even know if the listeners can hear that awful noise or not. Yeah. If it's just us, I'm going to assume it's just us, and we'll we'll oh, go with there. <laughs> um, but the reason I suppose that it's there is that when it, all these things at the top are a super expensive and b, um, a lot of them carry some aggravating effects. So even let's say you manage to get some great trades, you could still be sidelined by something pretty aggressive, and it also rewards players who are actually looking at each other's technologies and the board. And seeing that, oh, Kayla went and bought, like, a Wonder of the World on Turn 4, that's crazy. But yeah. it, like maybe now she's uh, vulnerable to uh, something like this, or maybe I yeah. shouldn't be trading with her anymore. So it's it's I think it's as much a, a a problem with players not reading other players properly or their opponents and still being nice to them, and maybe not doing a well. Let's put aside our grievances for a second. Let's let's sack one of Joel's cities or kind of squeeze him a bit or do something. But it's kind yeah, of a, I, guess
3: what, I guess what you're what we're saying overall is. Uh, It's kind of a downside for theme but an upside for gameplay and i'm fine with that because i don't care about themes but (laughs) it doesn't really not it doesn't really match this thing right
0: yeah i just don't think there's there's no way to balance it it seems slightly imbalanced because especially once you start buying cards that are higher up you get way bigger discounts on the other cards well Well, some of them
3: very true being ahead you stay ahead and that's why Mm. i thought stefan was that it was over That because no matter what we did to him he always had those discounts
2: mm-hmm.
3: I think the fact that I kind of don't like and I mean I, I liked it during the game mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't like the two colored cards mm-hmm. I think maybe you should have to pick one color or the other to get the discount on it instead of applying both colors discounts to it mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying because that that was really a game changer when I ran over to you and I said oh my god I can afford wonder the world, that was actually that turned the game around 100% because before that I was just kind of plodding along like, okay, I don't have very much money, I'm having to make all these terrible trade-ins just to get rid of my excess cards mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm trading really badly I'm you know, not getting a lot of cards. Maybe if I just keep going on orange and I finish my orange, I can look at the other discounts and see what I can do. And I was just like, oh, I'll just get mining. Oh, I have this weird number left over where I can't buy anything else. And then all of a sudden I look, and all Wonder the World is a blue and an orange. And all of a sudden, okay, well, not only do I get my orange discounts, but I also get blue discounts, and it's another 50 off, and I have another card that says 20 to Wonder the World, and all of a sudden it's like a 100 bucks for a $290 card. And that, you know, basically slingshot you to where you're always getting a good good even if you didn't have nine cities, and if you do have nine cities, you're getting two nines every time.
1: It doesn't strike me as imbalanced though, because, and and frankly, I think you you hit on the right strategy in the middle of that sentence, because everyone, if you were buying cards, period, you're getting discounts, and that's how it works. In fact, when I was starting, I think to a fault, I was chasing cards that gave discounts but didn't mitigate or give any bonuses directly, like I took a bunch that were just making things cheaper but at the end of the game it, it, it was one of these things where your engine gets going just in time for the game to end and yeah. it, so I was a victim of that but when you you when you're talking about it oh I had a lot of orange and I think that's the trick to this game is that when you spread yourself out then you're in trouble and yep. and I think I spread myself out too much but the with regard to the multicolors, I think that's really from a design perspective. I think I like it because even though you're saying it makes things too cheap or makes it too—is that what you're getting at? Or is too easy to well, get? I
3: guess there's only a few of them. But basically, what it came down to was uh, when you're in the middle of discount area, all of a sudden all of the multicolor ones are almost free. Mm-hmm. You know, or their discounts become insane because mm-hmm. you have both colors.
1: Yeah, and I, th- I think that's it's got to be. And I, there's I don't think there's any accidents in this game, but uh, for me the design behind it has to be that it, either the designers want most players have access to them, or uh, as in like it should be a logical sort of step maybe for people to pick these up because they're that makes
3: com- sense. Maybe they're designed to be accessible. I,
1: I think absolutely. But
3: and because none of them really did much, like at least the lower ones, they were usually just more discount.
1: Yeah, but the Wonder of the World thing, like you're talking about, like how much was it? Two eighty. Two ninety. Yeah. So two discount colors on a two ninety card. I don't think is outrageous. Maybe you, if you want to try just a one color discount on it, make it a little cheap or a little more difficult to grab. But obviously, we've only played it once, and we're already trying to change <laughs> talking about changing rules oh, to it.
3: Beautiful game. The fact that we can talk about it this long is awesome. I should probably go back in and, uh, and eat my pizza, but. Uh,
1: <laughs> so that's the, we'll we'll say goodbye to Joel right now, yeah. and Kale and I will continue this conversation uh, a little bit on our own, but thank you, Joel, for uh, calling in and uh, giving us your two cents and I'm sure uh, we can we'll, we're, you'll hear from some other people either before or after this clip, depending on when we edit them <laughs> into yeah. the show. I mean this well, is live live
3: <laughs> yeah last word it, it was i think I think having a having an experience of the game obviously helped me get through. The middle, but it was all—it all came down to luck in the end and perception.
1: Well, it was great. It was great to play with you, and you played really well. And I—and I honestly, uh, I think with everyone having games under their belts, if we did the exact same crew again, I guarantee we could crank out a game in like six, seven hours. I think with it. And uh, but I want to hit ten. That's my next number, so that every spot on the board is open for. For yeah, well,
3: let's get the boardroom boys in. And...
1: We'll, it, <laughs> no problem. And Harry, Harry Hall, if you are listening, oh, Harry Hall. <laughs> you, we I will trick it. you. Oh yes,
3: Mark Hines, Mark Brother Hines, yes. <laughs>
1: <Just laughs>
0: tell them we're playing Scythe or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really long version. Anyway, thank enjoy you, your dinner.
3: You. All right, take
1: care. Bye bye. Question of Time by Depeche Mode I forget what album it is, I usually listen to the live version of it from 101 so, uh, but it's a good track, excellent little track but there's a reason why I was picked, because Question of Time is important oh, 1986 um, is when it originally came out uh, from Black Celebration, so there it goes I remember now, so you just heard Joel Bryant on the line from Simcoe at uh let's let's give a shout out to the simcoe diner <laughs> the <laughs> barrel for <laughs> allowing this possibly homeless looking man to stay outside <laughs> talking about uh, well they
0: let him in in the first place
1: that was their first mistake yes uh so going back to mega civ um we kind of jumped around a bunch of stuff here but um it is a giant game about um building civilizations up in a very abstract way and Kayla, you you said it was very simple, but Mm -hmm. do you think, because you've played a lot of games, what do you think was the main appeal to this uh, from your perspective? Why would you think it's better or more interesting than something else? Because for me, um, without stepping on any of your possible points, I like the level of engagement that... How many other games have we played that are way, way shorter that feel way, way longer perhaps or mm-hmm. like they've gone on too long because you're just sitting there staring like Fury of Dracula is the first thing that came to mind and I think of you being victimized by Oh
0: my gosh, that game was awful.
1: I, I don't think it's a it's a bad game at its core, but I think just for poor well, Dracula. Yeah,
0: sorry, the game was is maybe fine. Yeah. The game we played. Yeah, just
1: uh, one player w- sitting there yeah. waiting for other people. But uh, anyway, see, what did you uh, think of the mechanics of that or why was it appealing?
0: Uh, So this time just flies. I don't know what happens. Like everything seems to happen very quickly. So you tax collect and you bump up your population and you move. And that's honestly the longest phase because you're waiting for people to move. Mm -hmm. And then you check your cities or you build cities and you make sure that you can support them and you kill off people who can't be supported. And then you do your cards and you trade and it's loud and silly <laughs> and then you buy stuff and it and it's it's very simple that's those are the actions and half of those happen in 5 seconds so wow. i don't know how the game goes on so long i really don't know i don't know how the time adds up i guess when you have 4 minutes for trading and then 5 minutes for buying stuff and mm-hmm. then you start all over again and movements probably take each person at least five minutes mm-hmm. so it adds up but it, it doesn't feel like it adds up because it just feels like everything happens so quickly whereas in other games sometimes you just feel like it's never going to be your turn again and mm-hmm. it's awful whereas here there is some element of like you go first then you then you most of it can be done simultaneously Um and in if, fact
1: the rule book even encourages it
0: right which I mean I can I understand why you got to keep it moving But um, as long as you're not going to impact your neighbor, your neighbor's not going to impact you. It doesn't matter when you do your movement.
1: And that gets into something, too, not to interrupt you too badly on this, is that there's a a fair amount of gentleman agreements with stuff here where it's like I'm looking at you and saying. Just gentlemen, Gentle woman? (laughs) Agreements where it's like I'm looking at Kayla and saying, Kayla, is your movement going to affect me? You say no. I say my movement's not going to affect you. And you do your stuff simultaneously.
0: Well, it's not even an agreement at that point because it's like, if your move does affect me, well, then you're just going to have to back it up and do it again because I'm going to do my move first or you're going to do it based on where we are.
1: Which can be a nightmare keeping track of what's been moved already when you screw things up too. It
0: absolutely can be, but there's no point in lying about it because Mm -hmm. you're just going to have to back it up. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, there's other things that, you know, if your move is, if you're first and you're going to go and you've said, oh, I'm not going to touch you, and then you do, that's where you're killing your gentleman's agreement, but just when you're saying, I'm not going to impact you, that's not... Yeah, yeah. I don't know.
1: Well, I think it's more just the fact that when, you, when you're playing the game, there's really no advantage, and it gets into the meta-politics of it, of, like, upsetting your neighbors, and when I was speaking with Chris, who was playing as Rome in this game, uh, Chris and Seth had the, I'm going to say misfortune, <laughs> of being next to Egypt, and Egypt was played by a friend of the show, Patrick, and no. Yes, it was.
0: Seth was Egypt.
1: Uh, oh, what was Patrick? Was oh, Egypt, Africa. Egypt,
0: Carthage.
1: Okay, so then he was Carthage. Excuse yeah. me. So
0: Carthage is in the middle. Egypt is over here. There it is. Rome so, is over here. Yeah,
1: yeah. So Seth was Egypt, Rome was Chris, and yeah. Carthage was uh, Patrick. And Patrick, God bless his heart, um, came out of the gate swinging.
0: <laughs> Just kill, kill, die, die.
1: He was playing the game like Kemet. And yeah. Uh,
0: that's not how this game works. It's not a war the way. game. There's really no reason to fight with your neighbors. Everyone can get as much space as they need.
1: It's... And the reason... It's tough, because when you look at the actual map, uh, and it's difficult to visualize, especially for anyone who's never heard of this game or seen what it looks like, but basically certain civilizations have a lot, there are spots around the board that have little cities on them, or city tokens, or symbols, which means it's easier to build a city there, and cities are the key to winning the game, because for every city you have at the end of the round, you get a trade card, and those trade cards you trade and build sets and cash in for advances, which you use to calculate victory points if you don't have cities, you don't get trade cards and you don't win the game. Certain civilizations have a tougher time getting cities. And um, Carthage and Egypt um, both have a lot of areas underneath them which are considered wilderness that takes 12 units to make a city versus the six that you normally need on a regular city spot. So there's a bit of jockeying for position in trying to take some of these city spots. But like Caleb was saying is that there's really no need to be warmongering because there's usually the way the game is balanced there's enough city sites for everyone for the most part to get along with it's about how greedy are you and am i going to try to take one of my neighbors easier city spots than maybe spending some time and effort building up a wilderness spot or um another location that takes longer for me to spread my people out to get there and once again patrick god bless his heart decided to go the i'm gonna take your stuff route and it wasn't even necessarily taking stuff. It was the, I'm going to inconvenience all of us Yes, route. but
0: for no reason. It, it's, he didn't even want the things.
1: Well, I think at the beginning he would have been happy to take them, but he it just was a disaster because he lost so many units on these attacks on mm-hmm. cities that went nowhere and these random incursions into uh, Egyptian territory. And I don't think it's a coincidence that him... And Seth and Chris finished very, very distant thirds, uh, no, or
0: distant last up. in this game. No, that's not true. They weren't. No. Well, where was Chris? So it was Joel, Stefan. Yeah. Uh, you. Yeah. Patrick. Patrick was. Oh, right Patrick behind was you. just behind me. He had two points behind you. Okay, but what about and and then? It was me and then, then Chris and Seth. So it's no surprise that the people, the three people who hadn't played before, were in the bottom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it was also interesting too that the guy the two sieves that were also beat up on the most or the victims of Patrick's um, or Carthage's raiding were also just at one point Seth I was looking at it, I think he had three advances near the end of the game and it was yeah. just it was very depressing to look at.
0: Well okay, so to be fair, I think Chris and Seth were both brand new to the game. Mm, absolutely. We didn't exactly do a long like here's how you play. Well,
1: there's not much it, to explain. Despite
0: the fact that it's very simple. I don't I think they're I mean, in hindsight, I think knowing that the four of you had played before, I think that we either should have read the rules, the three of us watched a video, or asked some different questions. Because I definitely think there were things that you guys knew, which gave you an advantage. Well,
1: Really? Like what? What were you thinking?
0: Well, just even like... Um, like even just the trading and set collection, like you knew what you wanted and you knew to wait for them. You knew that it wasn't worth buying things early and often. Mm. So, and I think even like how the cards, like how you can buy a card and it gives you a discount on things. But does it also give you a discount if you go from a, that card to another specific card?
1: Not that term. So, no, 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 The
0: next turn, though. And no, I'm not saying that turn. I'm saying moving forward, it gives you a discount.
1: Yeah, it's a permanent discount. It's, it's like buying um, a card in um, uh, oh,
2: Splendor. No,
0: I don't think you know exactly what I'm saying. Okay, then So I'm there's when So when Joel says there's, I had X card, it gave me 10 to world of whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a discount specific to you buying that card Correct. from that card. Right. I had no idea about that until right now. So I didn't even know that was a thing.
1: But it says right on the bottom of the card. I didn't know what that meant. Oh, why didn't you ask? I feel bad now because...
0: Uh, I honestly didn't really click into it until like later in the game. Hmm. Um, but no, no one explained that. So okay. Well, that's a failure I mean, I on our think, part then. No, no, no. I'm just saying like, I'm not surprised that the bottom three were the bottom three. So I think in hindsight moving forward to teach us to more people and try to get more people involved it I think because it's such a long game and it's such an investment having a bit more structure to how you explain the rules at the onset is valuable.
1: Fair enough and uh, I
0: think everyone had a great time though like I'm not mm-hmm. complaining I don't think it's a problem like maybe I'm like overpaid by like 10 on a couple cards it's not a crisis but I do think that like a little bit of structure for a 9 hour game maybe that's just the like very organized individual in me but fair enough
1: I tried to send out uh, videos and links and how to plays and tips to everyone before Uh, I think some people looked at them some people didn't which is is fine up to you guys I guess depending on what you want to do I think reading only goes so far though as opposed to somebody actually doing the oh this is what you should do this is what the tips are but um,
0: yeah and they'll all be better for next time Mm -hmm. that's fine so it's a learning experience but that's all.
1: Yeah, a long learning experience at that. Yes. And uh, I think it's, it slightly benefits us that um, because nobody is really, again, nobody is a shark. Nobody, if you're playing with people who really, really know what they're doing, every round you're always moving up on that track. And if you do not, then it is considered to be you've lost the game because it's just the momentum with every other player is, is just so strong that's why regression is supposed to be such a nasty um, level nine that you get. For us, though, it was like, oh, I got regression. That's not that bad. <laughs> Big deal. It's a freebie.
0: Well, I think especially like um – I I honestly, I think even... I know you said that you sent out these videos and this information beforehand, but some of it was actually detrimental. I know Seth, for example, didn't have that many cards at the end because he was saving up for a card the whole time Mm -hmm. and wasn't getting it. And he was kind of stuck on it because this information said, you should get this card. It's going to be super useful for you. And I mean, maybe after four hours, maybe you should move on. But maybe you're also just... You don't know how to play. And so you're just trying to follow the information that you have.
1: Yeah, and it gets into sort of like, what's it... General advice versus strategy. General advice for Egypt is to get engineering because all your good cities are along the Nile, mm-hmm. super vulnerable to floodplains and various sort of coastal effects of stuff. So yeah. you need to mitigate and Engineering
0: them. would have helped Seth a lot because it would have been a lot harder for Egypt or, or
1: Patrick, for to, Patrick
0: to swing in.
1: Absolutely. So, again, it would have been useful, but it, it comes down to the trades and not getting lucky with that. and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely not a game for people that are not very outgoing. So if you yeah. are going to be sitting there quietly, unless you have extreme luck, uh, you're with you're
0: going to be in trouble. You're
1: going to be in trouble. Yeah, and you need because you need to get rid of calamities, and you need to get sets.
0: Except the ones you can't trade.
1: Except for the ones you can't like trade. Civil War, like Civil War, which Kayla was the victim of three, three times. times. So describe Civil War to the listener.
0: So Civil War is when all of your people revolt against you because they're ungrateful. (laughs) (laughs) And so what happens is that you can only keep 35, like what equates to 35 units on the board. So that has to be a combination of cities. Cities are each worth five and people. And whenever you get to the end of, there's a city check and you have to have at least, you need two people per city to support it. Otherwise, your city is reduced. So what you do is you indicate all the ones that you want to keep, so the cities and people, ensuring that your population can support your cities. So sometimes losing an extra city because life sucks. Mm -hmm. And then your weakest opponent gets to come in and replace all of your non-indicated units with their own. So not only are they now in your territory, they have taken things that has maybe taken you hours to build up. And now you have to go take it all back. I spent the back half of the game basically taking stuff back from Jack and Seth. And
1: and I didn't even want the stuff, too, to be honest. Because that's why
0: I sent you home.
1: I know. It, you sent me home. It was very nice of you. Because it, for some people, if it, the way Civil War works, too, is that if you've been eliminated in the game... When Civil War comes up, you're back in the game. And that's your primary civilization, which would be disastrous for everyone involved. Because if you've been eliminated, things are you've, you've already lost yeah. the game. So now you're just screwing with other players.
0: Right, which is fun. But, but for someone who is well-established in their own little corner of the world, mm-hmm. having a bunch of units on the other side where you can't pull them into anywhere, they can't move towards your spaces, mm-hmm. basically have to build a boat and ship them back. Yeah. Or just wait for the person. It's basically You want them to kill them. You want them to kill you.
1: You're so especially too. if you're the victim of like a a, a calamity, you're like, okay, I'll get rid of these guys because like Kayla was saying, you need to have people to support and to grow and to pay taxes. And if you've got a bunch of people stuck on that side of the map, not contributing to anything, it is as much of a detriment to um, the
0: primary victim, the
1: primary victim as the beneficiary, beneficiary, depending on unless they're one of your neighbors. And this gets into what I was trying to talk to Joel a little bit about um, before the show was that. The, the when you get to the next level I think of uh, civilization it's when you're it's the type of person you're handing calamities to and I think that's when you're really trying to make deals with neighbors so I perhaps it's in your advantage to make a worse trade with a neighbor next to you or an enemy close to you to trade them a calamity that will benefit you nicely so trade them a treachery trade them a civil war something you can actually exploit versus somebody across the map handing them something especially treachery because that one um it looks like a trojan horse and that's the joke so you you hand them treachery they get it assuming they don't trade it away and all of a sudden you get to take one of their cities from them that sounds good right you're up a city they're down a city uh, Not quite, because what happens in this game is when you have a city somewhere, it means it can be attacked. And when you lose your city, as in it's razed to the ground, that player gets to take a random resource from your hand, and they can also add stuff to their treasury. So not only do you have the city that's barely doing anything, if you get one resource out of it, great for you. Um, but you're also losing something. So theoretically, you could get one, I don't know, one thing of... Uh, um, stone from it, or I forget the lowest level <laughs> resource off the top of my head. Clay. Clay. You could get a clay. And then when they raise your city, they pluck one of your nines, one of your golds or ivories that you spent a bunch of turns acquiring, mm-hmm. and which is just an absolute it's wonderful too, trade for them.
0: It's too bad that you can't hold on to a calamity, and they could <laughs> maybe take your calamity.
1: <laughs> like, a, like a time bomb calamity of some yeah. sort.
0: Or if you have excess calamities that you have to get rid of anyways, yeah, and just tuck them away in your And hand.
1: that's something else that I was reading, too, and that's kind of a strategy that bugs me, is that in this game, if you get given a really nasty calamity, something like piracy or civil war, it's now in your interest to acquire more of them, more calamities, in an effort to drown out the calamities because you can only at most get hit with two majors. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you're looking at this and you say, I do not want to get hit with these I I am going opening. If you guys want to trade me calamities, I will trade for them. I just need to get rid of these, or try to roll the dice on them and shuffle these up, and you only get hit with two of them. So theoretically, you could ditch the really, really bad one, or you could get stuck with something even worse. But to me, that seems like gaming the game a little bit, and it doesn't strike me as very...
0: I mean, you're still stuck with two calamities.
1: You're still stuck with two calamities. And the
0: off chance that you'll get the Calamity you're trying to get rid of.
1: Yeah, but Civil War is always bad versus Superstition or something uh, later on in the game, which you can almost entirely just handle or get rid of. I would much rather have one of those than Mm -hmm. something like that. So there are a couple little gamey elements to the game, kind of like what Caleb was getting back to, which is almost more thematic with the jumping. I haven't learned how to make pot yet. <laughs> make pot. pot. <laughs> I mean. Put a pot together. <laughs> I don't know. Pot- pottery.
0: Pottery. <laughs> I haven't acquired the skill of pottery yet. I haven't
1: acquired the skill of pottery yet, but oh, by the way, I've I've recently discovered <laughs> the joys of monotheism, and now it's, <laughs> I'm a very religious society, although that sort of works, I guess.
0: I mean, the other thing that I feel like Maybe there could be in the game is maybe you can't access the back half of the res- of the advancement cards until you pass th- some line on the AST track.
1: Interesting. So you're kind of like ga- gating it off until halfway yeah. through the game. You can actually well buy because those. you
0: advance far enough that you now have access to those things. Before then, you weren't smart enough. Yeah, mm. fair enough. Sorry, I don't mean to like redesign the game. No, no, it's especially just especially because the. Uh, the game designer is now following us on Instagram. So I don't <laughs> want to offend. It was a really good game. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, and also, if, if the designer, if you happen to, uh, I'm sorry, I'm flanking on your name right now. I know there was a great group of people that worked this, put this through Pegasus Spiel, I believe, is the publisher, and 999 Games, or um, is the, um, the designer group. Uh, but you guys have put a tons of effort into this. And I'm looking at Flo Dahan. Uh, if I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that but if you on the Op Chance you tune in the show and you're listening to this and you, you've got some responses or some criticisms please shoot us or even, even our listener if you want to chime in and ask about anything or send some sort of thread about how we screwed up the game <laughs> uh, you can follow us uh, on Instagram which is the best place to look at us because Kayla does a great job updating and posting and uh, being good on there uh, which is I believe it's um, Android Dungeon
0: uh, Androids Dungeon CFRU. CFRU. Yeah, we even have a highlight reel from uh, Saturday's Mega
1: Highlight reel. So you can see the actual videos that we're going to play clips of or have yeah. already played clips of, depending on when you listen to this. Yeah. Uh, you can so, check uh, us out on Instagram at AD Radio CFRU, and you can also email us um, at, I think it's still AD Radio CFRU at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there are a bunch of different ways to reach us. <laughs> Get in
0: contact. We were really happy on. Uh, so on Saturday um the uh, designer Flo Han... Again, we're sorry for mispronouncing that. He was responding to some of our stories that we were posting throughout the day, and that was super fun mm-hmm. to have that interaction with him. And honestly, wish we could have had more interaction. But
1: well, maybe you know what? Maybe this is this is just, just spitballing here. But with the fact that we've got private messages with him, maybe we can try to get him on it for an interview because it'd be yeah, fascinating. Maybe to we
0: could just send him a message now. That would be a good idea.
1: Well, just maybe we'll maybe we'll reach out to him, try to get See. some background information because this is or maybe
0: even just a quote.
1: Just a quote. Yeah, know.
0: we <laughs> could send him the link to the pot, this episode, and maybe he could respond or something. Yeah, yeah I'd love to a hear that response actually. Response or something. Yeah.
1: Um, but so here's the ultimate question, Kela. The this is your first game, Mega Civilization. will we'll say conservatively nine hours. Mm-hmm. I think that's approximately there. I don't. I'm not going to be so bold as to assume you'll play it again. But I'm going to step ahead and say, how long before you would play another <laughs> game? Uh,
0: so I would definitely play again. I don't want to play again tomorrow or next week because I think I'm still tired from playing on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Takes a lot out of you. I I don't know exactly when I would play again. Um, uh, this year, maybe mm-hmm. next year, definitely. Yeah. So we'll see. It's hard to. I mean, as much as I think it was great and it went by super fast, it's also really hard to give up a whole day Mm -hmm. to that. I think Saturday was the perfect day because Sunday I wouldn't want to give up like that. But, uh, you know, when summer comes around, it's going to be really hard to give up a day. I think it's a really good fall, winter, rainy, spring day. It's Mm -hmm. really good for three out of four seasons. So we're about to hit summer, and it's going to be a problem. We're going
1: to have to take a break or uh, find it's special just, occasions. It's not or something.
0: something you can play out on the <clears> patio. <throat> There's just too much stuff. We had it spread out over our basically our entire house. We had it on our dining room table, our living room, our coffee table in our living room. We had it the AST and population track on. A, what would you call that? A, a pass through from our kitchen. Yeah. I don't know.
1: The it, it gets into also the the technical limica- limitations of the game because you need a lot of lot of space for mm-hmm. and, of space. and I can't
0: imagine so I don't know if maybe you've said this before but the game goes up to eighteen people which yep. I think is crazy it would take you days you'd have to just block out days vacation days to play that because <clears throat> um, we had seven players and it still took us nine ten hours and we stopped well we started at ten a.m. we ended just after ten we did order pizza. And, mm-hmm had snacks and took our time but that's crazy 18 people would be nuts where do you even how how do you even do that how do you trade with people and do anything
1: i think it, it it's all about just setting limits so for reference when the training phase it's like uh it, as most the most interaction you're going to get in the game and it's it's fantastic it's all player player directed and you have all these trade cards in your hand and you have a maximum of eight so you're looking for sets you may have some already you may be wanting stuff <clears throat> And what you're trying to do is you're trying to hustle and you're saying, Kayla, Kayla, uh, I'm looking for a wine. Do you have any wine? And Kayla says, I have one wine, but what are you going to give for me? And I say, well, what are you looking for? Oh, I, I want some copper. All right, I got a copper for you. And then this is where it's, you have to be honest about, you have to trade three things minimum and you have to be honest about the first two. Uh, and the third thing, anything after that, you can be, uh, I think you can be lying, but whatever. Um and this is where the player agency stuff really comes in because it, you're you're selling. You're it's the art of the deal. You're out there making deals with people, and it lives and dies on this stuff. So if you've got great cards, people will come to you mostly, or you'll be able. You have leverage. If you have weaker cards, you got to make crudier deals. All while you have to keep in mind somebody's going to slide a landmine or something into your. Uh, your deck, possibly, and to anticipate it. And the rulebook even says, or I don't know if the rulebook says it, but the advice is to don't be afraid to eat a calamity if it's going to help complete a set. And I think it's that's great advice, as long as it's nothing too brutal. But the trading phase, we capped at five minutes. Um, the four. Ca- four minutes, which was perfect. I think it was just it was just enough of a fire under your bum to make you really move quickly, and you realize that I can't just be sitting here hustling. If you have it any Longer than that, I think it can drag out a little bit. Um, maybe you could have bumped up to five, but I think four minutes was the perfect amount of time. Um, and also, the I think the to be honest, I think a lot of the dragging time really happened with between movement and also the the buying of technology. And for me, that's where my because I don't didn't delay myself at all. And rest of the game when buying technology, that's where I had some sort of AP. The analysis paralysis shows up because when you can buy multiple things, you look at this and you say, Oh my God, where am I going? And that's where I made some mistakes, where I had a lot of cards with a lot of discounts, but I just didn't turn them into enough things. Do you agree with the? Uh, did you have trouble buying cards, or did you know exactly what you're going to get?
0: No, I I struggled a lot. I think m- subsequent games would be easier because you have a better appreciation appreciation of what's there. Yeah, but it's still really hard. It's well, do I get this? It's good. Do I get this? Um, I got agriculture pretty early in the game. And that was hugely oh, yeah. beneficial. allows you to have extra population on your zeros. Ones Helps you rebuild those cities like crazy. So helpful. Um, so it's not easy. They're mm-hmm. all good. You want them all. There's like medicine staves off famine, which is annoying. And if you're in a floodplain area, you want something that, you know, mitigates floods.
1: Yeah, which is what Seth was trying to do yeah. in this game. It's, I have to say my spot location was... Um, it was, I was a Syria, so I was on the eastern side. I, I was very lucky. I had nothing really, I didn't have neighbors trying to kill me. And beyond Because well,
0: Stefan had tons of space. Stefan had tons of space. Seth was only worried about Patrick.
1: Yeah. And Seth could have probably swooped in once or twice, but I'm glad he didn't because it would have yeah. probably started a bit of a war. But, uh, and that, I'm not saying I would have won, but it just would have been more started pointless nothing. fighting, a second war yeah. on another f- front, which always goes well for everyone, I believe. Um, and then you've got, I think, Joel, which had the toughest start, which is Manoa, which is in... You're an island-based nation, and you have to build boats. And for your first few turns, you're going to be very slow because it takes a while for you to figure your stuff out. Um, but it's definitely tricky, and having played the game before, the benefits of knowing what's coming, even though Mega Save is very different, ultimately, than Civ, it's still a game that's quite... It's an, It's an experience that you just having played it once before is enough to give you a taste of what to expect and what to anticipate and also the importance of things so sort of what you're getting at kale it's it's almost like the matrix you have to you can't be told about the matrix you have to experience it yourself
0: this game is a big investment though so it's going to be hard for our listeners to walk out and play it
1: the trick is find someone as dumb as me (laughs) (laughs) that already did it and then ask them to play because if they're like me they'll say yes yes and then right. look at this weird look in your eye their eye that uh, they attempt to persuade you to play but Honestly, it's uh, there are a couple of different versions coming out, I think, of uh, the original Civ. And you can go online and play or download mm-hmm. an old version of Advanced Civ, too. So
0: This game came in a really nice box.
1: It's a, it's a lovely <laughs> wooden box. It's a, it's a good al- box. Almost a pine coffin mm-hmm. of sort.
0: For your time. For, yeah. It's a big commitment. <laughs> I like Did that. Did you know that they have... So I didn't know this, but they have a first game beginner scenario, which only takes one or two hours. Yeah. Which is kind of silly. Like, I mean, it's it's probably nice to give people a little taste test of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the beginner I, game is two hours. I was just <laughs> not playing that because I don't think you need a beginner game. It's not difficult. The, the
1: real trick is just having one person, at least, who knows what they're doing. Yeah. But if you can't, then there's no reason to. The rules are yeah. so simple.
0: Um, but if you don't want to commit 10 to 12 hours, but you do have more than one to two, you can play the short game, which... Uh, a, Quote, provides the same excitement as the full game. Um, and by doing this, you can be played in only six to eight hours. <laughs> so only a work day. Just call them sick.
1: Yeah. And also, we, we played the expert AST. And again, three newbies, four veterans, but nobody had played Mega Civ before. Game only took 9 hours only in quotation marks but that's but really was quick pretty
0: fast considering We
1: played smaller amounts with yeah. 6 or 5 players that I swear took 12 13 hours yeah. and I think I was extremely mm-hmm. happy with the time cuz I I didn't even feel exhausted when I was done to be honest I was I was like mm-hmm. I'm I'm good I feel very content I was exhausted Yeah
0: but I was happy to have everyone leave like 10:30 <laughs> I was scared Joel's like well if we go was late we'll just cap it at midnight That's what I was, like, oh was going to say
1: God. but <laughs> yeah, but luckily we didn't even get close to that, yeah. so we are in pretty good shape. Um, so before we go, I just want to throw out a quick thank you to Starlet Citadel, uh, based in Vancouver, B.C., for being the ones who actually held stock on this game <laughs> and let someone like myself actually, you know, buy it and have it shipped to Ontario.
0: Thank you for shipping it across the country.
1: For shipping it across the country, which was awfully generous of you, and uh, not that you did it for free, but mm-hmm. thank you for even doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. That's not the right one. There we go.
0: Goodbye.
1: Jaunty drums. <laughs> Kayla's already leaving. <laughs> right. Slamming the door. <laughs> um, I'm Jack. I'm Kayla. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned. CFRU 933 FM.
0: This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening Meditation Park, The Post, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, The Leisure Seeker, and Foxtrot. And at the E-Bar on the 4th is Latin Fiesta Salsa Night, and on the 5th is RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 3. The Bookshelf is an independently-owned bookstore, bar, music venue, movie theater, and restaurant located at 41 Quebec Street. For more info about the Bookshelf's hours, listings, blogs, directions, accessibility, and to order books from their online store from anywhere in the world, please visit bookshelf.ca.
3: This is K-Train Fitzsimmons playing the heavily distorted chromatic harmonica. You're listening to CFRU 93.3 FM.
1: Guelph Dance is excited to invite children born between 2003 and 2012 to register for our popular and engaging arts summer camps. This summer, children will have the opportunity to participate in the popular arts explosion camps or choose between dance and performance focus. Camp will be taking place from July 3rd to the 20th at the River Run Center, and children can attend one or multiple weeks. For registration, pricing, and more info, visit guelphdance.ca. Early bird pricing ends on March 31st.
2: Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on CFRU ninety-three point three. Radio for the young and the young at home. It's a kids show, ding dong! Can we over- <laughs> <laughs>
3: Catch the 15th anniversary tour that will tickle your funny bone as the Just for Laughs Roadshow travels across Ontario to the River Run Center on Thursday, April 5th at 8pm, 35 Bullitt Street, a physically accessible location. Enjoy a night of non-stop laughs starring the Just for Laughs Festival's funniest alumni, Phil Hanley, Tone Bell, Sarah Schaefer, and Steve Simone. Ask about Riverrun's $20 UGO University and College Student Discount. Tickets available through the box office by calling 519-763-3000 or online at riverrun.ca.
1: This is the Thursday at Noon concert series recorded live in the Goldschmidt Room in the McKinnon Building by CFRU-FM and presented by the School of Fine Art and Music at the College of Arts. For more info on upcoming concerts happening almost every week throughout the fall and winter semesters, visit uoguelph.ca slash arts slash s-o-f-a-m slash events. All concerts are free, physically accessible, and run from noon.